Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes of your daily commute? Or how transportation impacts the community you call home? Maybe you want to explore outside your community and don't know where to start. Well, you're in luck because this is where you hop on. I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. We work in communications for Valley Metro, and together we'll discover all the ways that public transit enhances lives across the cities we serve. And we might even make some new friends along the way. Welcome to Storylines. Hey, Maddie. Hey, Brittany. Do you know what's green, good for the earth, and good for your wallet? Money? (laughs) The Valley Metro Streetcar. Oh, duh. (laughs) Maddie, you're going green. I mean, you get on a green vehicle. It's good for the environment. Obviously important as our temperatures continue to rise here in the valley. And it's free. That's definitely good. Doesn't really get better than that. Also, it might be the coolest new ride in town. Did you know that in the first month that it operated, so beginning May 20th, there were 23,775 boardings of the streetcar in Tempe? Oh my goodness. Maddie, that means there were 23,000 trips that people took and they got to go explore Tempe, go to their destinations that they needed to, whether it was school, businesses in the area. Maybe they were just looking at the art even. There's so much cool art on the streetcar line too. That's right, there is. There are four different artists featured on the streetcar line at all of its stops. So there's a lot to do, a lot to see, a lot to explore. Obviously, you and I are very excited about streetcar, but I think that we need to hear from the people who made it all happen. There was definitely a lot of planning that went into this. It was not just an easy thing to get streetcar into Tempe. So I know I'm excited to learn about how it got here and where it's going in the future. I'm Corey Woods, mayor of the city of Tempe. I've been mayor for almost two years now, but this is my 10th year in city government because I was on the city council for eight years prior. We've just celebrated the official opening of the streetcar in Tempe just a couple weeks ago. Will you tell us a little bit why the streetcar is important for the region and for the city of Tempe? I think the streetcar is critically important because the city of Tempe is a true multimodal city between light rail, bus rapid transit, and now modern streetcar. With Maricopa County being the fastest growing county in the entire country, Tempe being the ninth largest city in the state, we have a population of about 193,000 people that swells to over 300,000 during the average workday because we're a tremendous net importer of jobs. I think that it's critically important that we have other modes of transportation that can get people around, whether it's to and from work or just around from a perspective of leisure. And so we have to figure out ways to address traffic congestion, sustainability issues such as greenhouse gas emissions. And I do think that the more people we have riding alternative modes of transportation, the better off both of those things are going to be. So the streetcar is a very important asset in our transit kind of wheelhouse. And I'm just very excited that it's actually up and running. So you already mentioned a couple of the heavy hitting points that we have the fastest growing county, that the city swells every workday, and obviously climate change is a huge impact to our region. Why is streetcar so important for the future as well, not just this moment? Well, my perspective is the streetcar in the city of Tempe was built initially as a starter line. You know, when we were first talking about this project, probably some 13 years ago or so, it was during my first term on the city council, and I started my first term back in 2008. So that's how long this conversation has been taking place. 
But some of the conversation that we had with residents was sort of confusing, I think, to a lot of people. I don't understand why you're building this small stretch sort of in and around the downtown. And the point we were trying to make was it will connect to other modes of transportation, such as the light rail, which already was in existence in Tempe. But we do think it's going to serve as a starter line. And once people see the success of the modern streetcar in the city of Tempe, you'll have other communities that will also want to join in to make sure we can have connections to their communities as well, then truly making it a regional transportation system. Already, we've been having a lot of conversations with the city of Mesa about taking the current line that we have now fully operational in Tempe and going east on Rio Salado Parkway to potentially connect over to the Cup Stadium. And so that would make it a true regional system connecting both cities of Tempe and Mesa. It's not a system that's just meant to move around people of the downtown or move around ASU students, as many people have sometimes wrongly said. It's a starter line that's intended to grow into a much bigger system that will connect even more parts of Tempe and will connect us to other surrounding communities. And so I'm very excited about that. I think it's a very, very cool innovation, and I'm glad we were, frankly, the first. But I think that's always the challenge. When you want to be the innovators, when you want to be first, Sometimes that creates some confusion. It's almost like buying the new iPhone, even though I'm an Android user, but it's a good example to use. There are the people who will stand online and sit there for 10 hours waiting to get the new iPhone as soon as the Apple store opens up. And then you have some people who say, you know, I'm going to wait three or four weeks and make sure there aren't any bugs with this thing because I don't want to buy something that might end up being a dud. We tend to be more in the former category as Tempe residents and less in the latter. When we see something that we think is a really significant innovation that could move our city forward in a very positive way and connect us to the region, address sustainability issues, address traffic congestion issues, we are totally happy to jump on board. Pun absolutely intended. We've only been really operating passenger service a couple weeks, but in that time, what kind of feedback have you heard from businesses or community members about what they think of streetcar? Oh, I hear nothing but positive. And I think that's part of why you have to have the courage of your convictions when you're working on things such as streetcar, because there were definitely quite a few naysayers when it first started. We still have naysayers. I mean, I have a very active social media presence, and you'll see people make somewhat negative statements. But what I'm also now seeing, though, are the positive statements far outweigh, probably by two to one. I'll bump into people on the street now or people who will send me little Facebook messenger notes or text messages saying, hey, just want to let you know the new streetcar is up and running and I've already been on it more than one time and I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm really glad the city of Tempe has this. But that's the inherent challenge of trying to go first with certain things is that you have to do a very good job of explaining exactly why you're doing it, what the benefits are. But I can absolutely tell you that in the short amount of time that the streetcar has been fully operational in and around the downtown Tempe area, I've had many residents and business people who've utilized it and told me how happy they are to have this right in the middle of our city. So I think already it's proven to be a huge success. Also, I mean, it's free for the entire first year. We're trying to get people accustomed to and used to riding it. So we wanted to make sure that we offered that incentive so people really get comfortable with the streetcar and continue to ride it for years afterwards. It's very exciting. And everything I've heard from the business community and people who've lived here for a long time is overwhelmingly positive. You're always going to have a few people who don't like it and want to continue talking about it. But the overwhelming majority of people that I've spoken to are very happy about this. And I think they're happy that a lot of the people who ran the city had the foresight to bring this innovation to Tempe. 
Speaking of foresight, you were on the city council when conversations were first starting about Tempe Streetcar. So can you take us through your history of Streetcar all the way to launch day? Oh, man. Yeah, I can tell you. I remember when we were first beginning to have conversations about this. It was Councilmember Shanna Ellis was really the person when I first got on council who was the leader when it came to streetcar. And she was the one who really saw the vision for what streetcar could bring to the city of Tempe when it came to value. And so I remember it was challenging. I mean, we had to do a lot of work with the Federal Transit Administration We were working a lot with Congressman Harry Mitchell, who was our representative at that point, trying to make sure that we could get the federal dollars and the support that we needed to make this happen. We had to do a lot of work with the business community in downtown. There was actually a pretty substantial funding gap when we first sort of conceived this project. And the downtown property owners chose to raise their own property assessments for the purpose of actually filling that gap, which I believe was somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to $13 million. That's how much they saw this creating true value in their neck of the woods, because what they know is that fixed rail lines really do show people that you are committing to permanent investment and reinvestment in an area. And I think they all believed in the future of the streetcar and what it could bring, how it could stabilize revenue in the downtown, making them more successful and, of course, therefore more profitable. So I remember in the beginning, we had a lot of support from a lot of the downtown business owners and landlords, and clearly the council was supportive of it, which is how it got to the place that it got to now. And, you know, just very thankful for Council Member Ellis's leadership there during that time of really seeing this and really kind of pushing it forward, because had it not been for her, this wouldn't have happened. But that's the thing. I mean, in the beginning, it was very challenging. I remember people having their misgivings about it. But now that we're in 2022 and it's fully up and operational and running every single day, I hear overwhelmingly positive comments. You're never going to please 100% of the people. It's just not going to happen. But I would say that 85 to 90% of the comments that I now see on social media, and I've got accounts on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everything else, except for TikTok. That's the only thing I still can't quite get into. But other than that, the majority of comments, eight or nine out of 10 people that I see engaging on social media where the streetcar is a topic of conversation are talking about it in a very positive light. Leaders on the council brought the vision and the business community stepped up to help fill the funding gap. How important was the P3 or public-private partnership to making streetcar a reality? P3 partnerships are critically important. The government can't do everything. We try. We want to provide people with services and value for their tax dollars and make sure people can live very healthy, fulfilled lives. But at the end of the day, you do have to have a good symbiotic relationship with your business community because the revenues that are generated in through point of sale and That's how you actually pay for all the things that people actually want in your community. Trash pickup, fire services, police services, all of these things are paid for through people's tax dollars, typically through sales taxes or bed taxes, which are through hospitality. And so the reality is you need to work with your business partners, one, to get a really good sense as to what they need to run and operate successful businesses. But also it's just critical even when it comes to things like, you know, as I talked about before with funding gaps, if they really see the benefit in something and they understand what it could possibly bring, 
many times they are willing to step forward and put up the money that will help to close a substantial funding gap, or they'll help to connect you to other people that might help to get a project across the finish line. So the reality is I think those business relationships are critically important, but those business relationships that you have that are pre-existing are what lead to these public-private partnerships that can get very important projects like the streetcar built. So just to finish us off here, what is your favorite stop on the streetcar line or your favorite place to shop or dine along the line that you take the streetcar to? The one right by my place. So I live right around 5th, 6th Street in Maple. I am an actual downtown Tempe resident. And so the stop right around that 5th and 6th Street portion on Mill Avenue, I think it's right in front of the old Harkins Valley Art Theater. That's the stop that I actually like the most because it's the one that actually goes right to Tempe City Hall and the one where I can just head a little bit west and go right to my place. So that is my favorite stop because it leads to all the places that are critically important to me, my home and, of course, my office where I'm sitting right now. Along the streetcar line, we have tons of public art to enhance the ride for all of people who are traveling throughout Tempe. Is there a stop that has favorite art for you? I honestly love all of it. I mean, to be quite candid, it's it's not a cop-out answer. I am, like, floored by artists and people who have that kind of talent because I don't have any artistic or musical talent whatsoever. I mean, and if I have it, it is buried very, very far down in me. Like, I have, in 43 years of life, I have not found it. So whenever I'm, you know, on the light rail or just driving along Apache Boulevard or riding the streetcar or walking around in the downtown area, I'm just floored by all the public art you see at the streetcar stations, to the light rail stations, even to the utility boxes in downtown. How do you actually make something that could be just so blah and so plain into something so interesting? I mean, it's frankly because of the work of so many talented local artists that do such a great job here in the downtown and all around our city. So quite candidly, I'm impressed by all of it because these people possess such an incredible amount of talent and they are really creating a sense of place with the artwork. Without the artwork, it's just a train stop of some sort. But with the artwork, it becomes somewhere that's truly memorable. Well, I thought I had worked on this streetcar for a while since I've been here the last three years that we've really been under construction on it. But obviously talking to Mayor Woods, makes you realize how much groundwork was laid before either of us came to the agency to really get this project underway and off the ground so it could really start moving people. When we think these transit projects just pop up, oh no, there's so much back work that has to be done so that it can flourish in the future. So we're excited about the future of Streetcar. And after the break, we're going to hear from some riders who are on the Streetcar for the first ride and also how this P3 partnership came to be. Be prepared to beat the heat. Carry a water bottle and keep cool during your ride. It's also a good idea to wear sunscreen and create your own shade with a hat or umbrella. For more tips, go to valleymetro.org heat-2022. Check out new public art along the streetcar line. Arizona artists created original pieces for all 14 streetcar stops. Learn more about the art and artists at valleymetro.org slash artsline. I'm Lachlan Murfin. I'm riding the streetcar for the first time. Super excited. I've been waiting for it to open ever since I heard about it. I've lived here in Tempe for a couple years. I'm a school teacher and I use the orbits and the buses and the light rail to get around everywhere. And 
So I'm just really happy that we have a streetcar. I've been to the streetcar in Tucson. I always thought, oh, Tempe should have something like that. And now we do, so I'm super awesome. happy about it. Hi, I'm Samantha. I'm on my way to work. This is my first time getting on the free streetcar. I'm kind of excited because it's like a new ride. It's fresh. I feel like this is kind of like a great addition to my neighborhood. I'm, I'm liking it. That was great to hear from a couple of the very first riders who boarded Streetcar on the day it opened. But now we're gonna hear from someone who was really instrumental in bringing Streetcar to Tempe and making it a reality. My name is John Graham. I'm the chairman and CEO of Sunbelt Holdings. We're real estate developers in Phoenix. We've been in business about 40 years and have done a substantial amount of development. Now we have either under construction or stuff we have done in the past nine projects on the light rail line, so it's something we really believe in a lot and think it really has made Phoenix a much better place to live. Can you explain how the partnership came together and why you wanted to support streetcar development in Tempe? Sure. Just to back up for a second as to how we got to the project in the first place is in 2010, we bought the balance of the portfolio from Suncor Development, which is the real estate subsidiary of Pinnacle West, and it included the mile of frontage on Tempe Town Lake from mill to rural. And some of the buildings had been built, and they were done by Suncor and done very well. But we started developing the balance of it and started with an apartment project. And then the next project we did is I was able to secure the tenancy of State Farm Insurance. So we had 20 acres there that we ultimately did a build to suit for them for 2.1 million square feet with the ability to house about 10,000 employees. So because of that, I became very, very involved in all the transportation solutions for them and for our project. And the streetcar was on the docket, but needed still several layers of approval from the Federal Transportation Administration and other groups. And it became obvious in working on that, that there was a funding gap between what the city could do, the state could do, and then the federal government so that's where I, with the city, came up with the idea of a public-private partnership. The way this all came together is we came up, concocted this plan to basically tax ourselves, but we were still missing things, key pieces with the Federal Transportation Administration. So we put a field trip together, included myself, the mayor of Tempe, Mayor Mitchell, Scott Smith, the head of Valley Metro, and a couple other people, and went on a journey and met with the head of the FTA, some key senators, and others in Washington, D.C., and they were, I think, kind of blown away by the public-private partnership. And it, we went from dangling on whether or not it was going to be approved to literally it getting approved just a few weeks later. And I think that it was that good public-private partnership story that carried the day. Thank you for giving us all that history and context. So when you were kind of forming this partnership with some of the other developers and owners in the area, what was attractive to them or, you know, why did you explain to them to have them want to join into this partnership? The good news to trying to put this together is I was able to come to the table with a massive project versus a small one because in the development world, I think everybody cares about a level playing field. And with this idea that was actually self-assessing or self-taxing themselves, in a minimum, they saw the benefit to the streetcar, but they didn't want to be paying money that others weren't paying. So the fact that I could bring 2.1 million square feet to the table made it a, an easy sell for those that, because everybody else was smaller than us, that we'd be on a level playing field. And frankly, if we did it, we'd get the streetcar. If we didn't do it, there would be no streetcar. So it was kind of a binary outcome. 
that we were able to convince people that the benefits outweighed the cost. And like you said, you had a big holding in it because you had 10,000 employees you knew were already going to be coming to that area. So why else was streetcar important? So again, we saw it through the lens of State Farm Insurance with that many employees. And one thing they were concerned about is with the success of Tempe is traffic congestion. So between the light rail, ultimately the streetcar, and then other local solutions like the orbit system, is we were able to demonstrate that there would be the ability to move around without getting in a car, and therefore the congestion issue would not be what they feared the most. And it, frankly, it's definitely turned out that way, and so they're more than pleased with the outcome. How does the streetcar benefit businesses in Marina Heights? I think there's a few different things from the standpoint of just marketability and just the popularity of walkability at this point. It, it certainly augments that. And I think this is not the only reason to do it, but the cool factor is definitely there. The light rail is nice, but I think the streetcar is, is especially a cool addition. And I think they saw that as a way for both the employee attraction and retention, that it would be beneficial to them to both offer more alternatives, but also to add to the cool factor. Oh, yeah, definitely the cool factor. <laughs> so when it comes to Tempe, obviously there's lots of things to show off. Where do you think streetcar ranks among those? Well, it's kind of the newest bell and whistle. It's the shiny penny at this point. But I think it's for sure top five. And I just think kind of everything that has happened down there before we got involved and subsequent to that, it just it gets more and more interesting and more and more livable and walkable than pretty much any place in the community. So you mentioned at the beginning that you've been involved in a lot of other projects along the light rail line as well. So will you talk a little bit about why proximity to transit is important when we're thinking about new development? Sure. So I've been in this business for 40 years. And while I think we've done a tremendous job of building infrastructure, especially transportation, I do both worry about just the congestion of the transportation and then frankly, just the environmental impacts of it. And so to me, it's both a chance to make our projects more interesting and more viable while doing good at the same time by mitigating the emissions from automobiles. It's something we absolutely need to focus on more and more with all the climate issues that are in existence today. What are other developments that are expected to go up in the Marina Heights area that people can take streetcar to in the future? So the way I look at it out there is Tempe's becoming, especially downtown Tempe, is becoming pretty much built out. The city in general is landlocked, so they have to really take advantage of every square inch they've got. And it's what's left out there is there's a project that was just approved last week called 250 Mill Avenue. It's another Heinz project. It's gonna be a beautiful office building over by Tempe Beach Park. And then there's a hotel that's gonna be a Hyatt right next to 100 Mill, which is right at the intersection of Real Salado Parkway and Mill Avenue. And then we were selected to redevelop the flour mill, which we consider kind of the hole in the donut, the last piece that has not been touched, but maybe the one that's most iconic and would really, back to the cool factor, add to that. So that's going to be basically just really good outdoor space as well as creative office space and restaurants. So I think that's it's kind of like the last really important piece to get filled in out there. Maddie, I think it's so cool that we now have a new mode of transportation in the Valley that could possibly expand in the future. And to see how so many different people and departments and agencies came together to make it happen is just 
amazing. It really is, Brittany. You know, especially when we're thinking about 10, 15 years ago, the planning for Streetcar and Tempe really started. Now we're kind of at that point when we're thinking about the future of extending Streetcar further into Tempe and into Mesa. You know, we're kind of at the table for that process when it's about to begin. And hopefully it doesn't take 10 or 15 years until it actually opens. (laughs) No, hopefully not. We've already laid a lot of the groundwork and we're already seeing the benefits of streetcar. People are riding, people are out there, they're excited. And so I know that overall more transportation in the Valley is always a win. That's true. We mentioned it before, but At Valley Metro, we obviously are really invested in looking at how transportation, specifically transit, improves our lives in Maricopa County. So if you want to learn more about that, check out episode 10 of Storylines, where we dive into our new quality of life study that measures the impact that transit has on our everyday life. Speaking of quality of life, we always want to know how transit and this podcast improve your quality of life. So you can email us at podcast at valleymetro.org. And if you have suggestions of topics you want to hear, We'll definitely cover them for you. So just, again, email us at podcast at bellymetro.org. Thanks for tuning in to episode 11 of Storylines. If you like what you heard, please drop us a review. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For Valley Metro, I'm Brittany. I'm Madeline. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Storylines is produced by Peter Corkery, Alex Sotsos, and Dane Riles. Taylor Dunn is the executive producer. I'm Madeline Phipps with Brittany Hoffman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>